This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, our guest is natural horsemanship clinician and trainer, Anna Twinney, the founder of Reach Out to Horses. Anna is going to talk to us about the language of the horse, how horses communicate with us and each other. We'll be right back with Anna after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to clinician and trainer Anna Twinney. Welcome to the show. Am I saying your last name right? You're saying it perfectly okay. right. Okay. I'm um, often mistaken, but Twinney is perfect. Okay, good. Well, we all know horses use uh, sounds to communicate. Do you want to talk about that, or were we looking more at body language as a more important way of communication? You know, we're looking at um, three areas. We're looking at the body language piece, we're looking at the energy, and we're looking at the telepathy. So okay. we could certainly talk about the verbal cues too, but I, I specialize in the silence language. So the mm-hmm. one that you can't necessarily even see, and, and that's my passion. Okay, well, that sounds like it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so, a little different. Yeah, so tell me, um, let's talk first about body language, which is more of a you know, traditional, sort of conventional way that horse people try to read their horses. It's a good step in the door, and I tell you, when you're traveling around the globe, it is something now that natural horsemanship is pretty readily accepted. Um, and so the other pieces kind of go alongside and it's the round pen experience or even the horses at liberty in like an obstacle course where you can truly see the language be effective be it the body language and that's the initial piece that people can pick up quite well and be it that we then incorporate the piece where the telepathy is involved or the energy and and although it might sound a little way out there it's truly not because if you start looking at human beings and how they communicate 
communicate, you've got that huge non-verbal piece where somebody enters the room and you'll know if the atmosphere has changed. You'll know if you're happy or sad or cautious or concerned. You know if somebody stops at the side of the road to help you, how you feel about the individual. And that's the same with the body language and the energy. So the horses will communicate with you and they'll see your body language so they'll know your intentions, your movements, your thought patterns. Probably even before a lot of people know themselves. Now trainers will be able to have those thoughts under control and have a perception of those thoughts while amateurs or people that are just learning this might come to the round pen or might come to riding with the baggage and baggage can be the day's events so that they've had a long day at work and they come and they're still thinking about their work or they're thinking about what they're still needing to do and this is what the horses will pick up they pick up the energy so the sense the imagery the sense the body language because the body language will reflect exactly your thought pattern um, hmm. When you see the horses at Liberty, it's a, a really lovely thing, Audrey, and I don't know if you've been around many horses that are free, but their language is silent, and so they will communicate with one another through a flick of the ear, through a glance, sideways, through a slight swish of the tail or a cocking of the leg. It might be the skin moving or the skin having a bit of tension, but truly the thought pattern with the horse or the whisper of the horse will be in the eye. It's the eyes that tell you their intention. It's the eyes that would often tell you their mood, their personality, and what they're going to do next. Okay. Um, I should tell you, I have three horses. They live with me, and I, I'm in a, um, a pretty urban area, so we don't have a lot of property, and you know, they're each in their own separate paddocks outside. And just watching them, I can completely understand what you're saying, uh, just seeing the way they relate to each other and I think most people that are around horses a lot start to learn you know the different cues and I'm wondering what are the more subtle things that maybe we're not seeing I love the subtleties with them and I love it that you can look at their eye and see how they're feeling in that given day because the eye can soften and it's something that you can hone in on and and People, I think, initially might think, hmm, you need to be a specialist or you need to have watched a lot of horses, but truly, you'll know that of your mother's eye. You'll know if a sibling's mad with you with looking them in the eye or not. And that really translates with the horses where you can see a soft eye, the kind eye. You can see an eye where they may be a little bit moody or upset for the day. You can see the eye if they're, if they're even jealous or if they're wanting something that they're not getting, maybe frustration. And that's clearly in the eye. And maybe it takes some practice to get to know your own horse. And with time, you're able to, to read the horses quicker. And so for me, I've got to read them in a few minutes. So flying into a country and teaching a clinic, it might be that somebody's bringing their horse often for a last chance, that they say, okay, I just can't handle this horse and I'm bringing them to the clinic to see if you can shed some light on it or help me out fix this problem because I don't know what to do next. And then you've got a matter of minutes to assess this individual, minutes to find out if they're going to be kind with you too or if their history is as such that they feel they need to defend themselves. And mm -hmm. so that's all in the eye first. And for me, that's where the horse whispering comes in. It's capturing that whisper, capturing that subtlety, and knowing then how to respond to the subtlety. And for me, it is responding in kind 
And the unwritten rule, the unwritten contract that I write is that I will never hurt you. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't be able to defend myself, but it would mean I'm not going to hurt you, basically. Um, and so um, one of the fun things I love doing is the obstacle course at Liberty, and we, we have an arena for that, and the horse is free to move around. In the first few minutes, we watch them, and the watching allows you to see actually what ranking they are. You can see by their behavior pattern if they're lower in the ranking or high in the ranking. You can see the personality shine through if they investigate articles within that obstacle course. Do they investigate from below up? Do they go and smell it? Do they touch it? Do they look at it? Are they too worried to go close? Do they spin, they turn or kick at it? So their responses to the individual items can also tell you what they're going to be like on horseback. So how they react on the ground, i.e. they might run by and kick at something or they might stop or spin, chances are that that's the kind of response that they would have on horseback too when you're riding them. So it's a really neat way to, to assess an individual, get a good personality read, and also see how they learn. The thing you were talking about, about reading the horse's eye, is that something you can teach another person, or is that sort of an intuitive uh, gift? You know, I think it's both. I think that, see, personally, I feel, I feel, I feel like you can teach a degree of feel through exercises, that some people are born with it, some people are very, very natural with it, whilst others might take a number of years and considerable help to get there. And the same with reading an animal's eye, reading a horse's eye. If you're completely new to this, you're going to look at it and it, and it might be a foreign language to you. But if somebody can point out what that eye is saying, and then you could begin to compare that to another eye, and then you add different um, scenes to, to your notebook in a way, to your vocabulary, then you will begin to learn what the eyes mean. And, and for me, I found different shapes have different meanings with the eyes too. And personally, I had a number of horses that would have like an almond eye, and they would be exceedingly challenging to work with. Now, some people will believe in that, that there's something in the positioning of a facial feature, while others won't. But having worked with thousands of horses, you can definitely see a difference with an arm and eye versus a big, big round eye um, that takes in a lot of information. It could be the physiologic, I can't even say the word, the makeup <laughs> of the horse. I tried that, double done that. But it just be purely that, you know, that a smaller eye possibly takes in less information. But I have found a difference between the positioning of the eye and the shape of the eye as well as the expression of the eye. What have you seen in horses with almond eyes? Uh, what kind of personality traits? You know, I had a really, really challenging one years and years ago. In those days, I was still uh, working at Flagazel Farms in California. And so we coined them as two brothers and they came in to flag us up to be trained and to be started under saddle in fact and they were around the two years of age and we spent about three weeks preparing them for this experience to get them ready to be started and one of them really sailed through the training. He sailed with ease, everything came to him naturally and it was smooth. Now it happened to be that this guy was the imprint trained guy, um, be that a coincidence or not. Well, the other guy, we also prepared and we put saddle blankets on him, saddle pads. We'd laid um, um, the saddle over his back, etc. And when it came to the starting time, we felt that he was ready. 
However, we put a rider up on his back. He accepted the rider, okay, i.e. he didn't buck, rear, bolt or bulk. Um, but we couldn't get the rider off. So we're at this round pen and it was the evening. It was getting dark. We had lights in the round pen. And every time the rider, who's a fantastic cowboy, went to shift his weight, this horse would panic. It would panic and there was no safe way of getting off of him. And we were all coming up with possibilities and ideas of how could we do this? You know, how could we get in there and keep somebody safe on the ground while at the same time getting the rider off safely? And it took us about... 30 to 45 minutes as far as I remember and in the end what the rider did and he managed to desensitize this young colt by leaning forward and and holding the halter holding the bridle and sitting back up and eventually managed to get his neck around and then safely dismount but what we found with that horse and another one with arm and eyes was the intake of information took a little longer that they were unsure possibly a little skeptical about what was going on. Um, they wouldn't necessarily retain the same amount of information that others would. And this was just experience that I remember having there, and then I began to watch other horses with that same almond-shaped eye. And I would take it into consideration. I wouldn't necessarily prejudge, but I would certainly take it into consideration of, let me observe this and see how that impacts my training. So when you're, aside from shape and size, when you're reading a horse's eye, what are you looking for? Like typically we think, okay, well, you, you know, the real easy stuff is fear. Uh, yeah. You know, we know when they're afraid. Um, we tend to know when they're relaxed. But I'm sure there's a lot in between there. You know, it's such a cool topic because there's so many times um, with the training either to look in the eye or not in the eye and there's so much conflict with different trainers as to when to do what and it certainly helps to watch the wild horses because you do see that as a non-verbal language they will get one another's attention and it's through gaining the attention that you can give the cue. Much like us signing for the deaf, you'd have to get the attention in order to give the cue. Or even being across the pub or across a bar here in the United States, you'd have to get the attention before you could cue to somebody. And so watching somebody's eye, you can see with that big black eye of a horse if the pupil's actually on you or not. And so you're gaining that attention. Now with that, you're looking for the soft eye, the softness, where you're looking in the eye and you think, okay, I'm, I'm not burning a hole in the eye, or they're not staring back at me. They feel comfortable in my presence. And this is where the energy piece comes in too, Audrey, because mm -hmm. you're going to feel the tension. You're going to see the tension in the skin. You're going to have this energetic exchange if some, somebody actually feels comfortable in your presence. So if you're desensitizing a horse, you're looking for that eye to be soft. If you're sharing space, i.e. you might be doing an energy healing session, that eye will be partially closed, if not closed all the way with relaxation. If the individual is preparing for flight, it's going to be wide open. Wide open because they're taking in, the, in that information. Now, if there's any white around the eye because it's so wide, that sh certainly shows the fear that's being brought up in that individual because they're concerned. You can see a playful eye. It might be that they look out of the corner of the eye and they're exceedingly playful. With that could come the upper lip, the top lip, where they extend it out. If they've got a, like a heart-shaped top lip, mm 
you really mm-hmm. see that heart take shape and it will extend and with Excalibur my uncle I was um, scratching his butt the other night and extended his lip by about two inches he looked partially like he was crying a trunk it was hilarious to watch <laughs> and so his eyes kind of soft but mischievous and his upper lips extended as he's basically enjoying this bliss of being scratched. So mm-hmm. you could have a playful eye as well, as mm-hmm. well as obnoxious. Now, when he's being obnoxious, you'll sit totally in the eye because he kind of looked down at you a bit and he'd turn that eye and you know, oops, you're in for trouble because he's in a mischievous mood. There's tons that you can read in that eye, and it's really the first place to go. But I'll teach not necessarily to look in the eye all the time, because looking in an eye can mean pay attention. It can mean stop. It could mean come to me. If you drag your eyes from their eye to your feet, dragging your eyes, you're kind of painting a line in the ground. That, in fact, would mean walk over here, or would you mind walking over here? Now, if you're in a round pen environment and you snap your eyes in front of your horse's nose, you could actually create a turn and they'd spin back on themselves. While if you drag your eyes from the horse's eyes to the withers, the hind end or the hind feet, you can ground energy and thereby slow a horse down. So your eyes have so much impact with every part of that conversation. Wow, interesting. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Anna, I want to ask you a little bit more about reading a horse's energy. So, okay, we'll be right back after (laughs) these messages. Why the long face? (laughs) I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to clinician and trainer Anna Twinney. Anna, tell me about energy and how you can read a horse's energy. Yeah, it's, it's a cool piece, and I love to kind of preface that by saying that we're all doing it innately. Everybody's born with this ability. And so sometimes when people hear the word reading or feeling energy or seeing energy, they might get a little spooked by it. But in fact, all it means is you're reading an atmosphere. So you're reading when you come into a room, how it feels, if it feels comfortable and even icky, you could say to you, uh, to others. If you walk into a doctor's surgery, maybe there's a, a degree of unsurety or fear. So different environments will bring up different feelings for somebody, and that will be an exchange of energy. So we all have our own 
unique language of energy because none of us will be the same. If you put 20 people in the room and you began to feel each other's energy field or the auric field, you would feel different energies. Now that would change moment by moment, second by second, depending on how people feel. Be it that they feel elated and excited, happy, or indeed if they're somewhat low, tired, depressed. You will feel that from somebody. You'll necessarily see it because quite often you can hide behind facial expressions. If you're not a specialist in body language, people will hide behind that. But the energy, I don't think you'll be able to hide behind that. And so when you walk in with your horse, be it to the stall and you're uncomfortable um, with that vicinity, so it's a small area, your horses will feel that. Some of them will take advantage of it. In as far as they say, okay, this is my area, you're not sure about what you're doing, and so therefore I'm going to expand my field and let you know you're not welcome here. Others might say, oh, I see you're nervous, I'll come and breathe with you. I'll actually exchange breath around the neck, or we'll exchange breath by breathing together, or I'll let you feel welcome by just lowering my head. So they will feel the energy that you bring in, and likewise, you'll feel it from your horse. Now, in my experience, and it's one of those topics that tends to come up a bit, but in my experience with an aggressive horse, they will actually expand their field that you, you get hit by the energy first. So if they are going to charge you or come at you fast, you will feel it before you see it. It's mm -hmm. like a little ball that hits you. And it happened um, last year, I had a number of horses like that, and it happened where one really hit me and one of my students quite harshly and the stomach churned our stomach churned in unison and i said did you get that did you feel that and she said she had and it hit us maybe a second or two before the horse's facial expression changed and she began to come towards mm -hmm. us yeah. so the energy can be instinctual for us mm -hmm. that that was being given in effect another radar system so your heart can tell you you know, our heart tells us if it sings or sinks. Our gut can churn and alarm bells can ring, while our mind can also tell us things. So mm -hmm. it's as though we've got those three different areas within our body that will give us warning and happy signals to tell us what others are, are actually signaling to us, um, be it any, any species at all, Audrey. Um, but yeah. horses in particular are phenomenal mirrors. So they will mirror either what we're bringing or they will mirror a lesson that we need to learn and they will do a lot of this through the energy. So one other thing that uh, is really cool and quite important to realize is that um, our energy field can vary. So if, if I'm showing students how big their natural field is, we might use some dowsing rods to do that. And you can actually engage the dowsing rods to show the natural energy field. I also teach them how to project the energy and how to absorb it. So when they're standing in one place, how they can become larger, even as large as an arena size. So they learn how to project energy. But at the same time that they learn how to become invisible. So really, really absorb that energy. The value of that is with any horse, because if you've got a sensitive, hypersensitive, concerned horse, you need to be able to absorb that energy. Because what you don't want, imagine two balloons bouncing off one another. So we've got the energy field of a balloon and they have the energy field of a balloon and you're going to clash. 
So you've got to be able to take the energy of that individual horse and ground it. Ground it so that it doesn't hit you and that you don't become equally as nervous because you've just fed off your horse's nerves or vice versa. Right, that's why it's never a good match to put a nervous horse with a nervous rider. No, no, and and it's fascinating. You've got to kind of be able to regulate it. And I love teaching people how to be in charge of that instead of allowing their energy field or their energy to control them, but indeed how to control it. Um, The Mustangs are great at that because when you're gentling a Mustang, the last four to six inches of of gentling them, i.e. about to touch them for the first time is crucial. And if you're excited because you're about to touch that Mustang, that energy will build between your hand and their body. And it's like you've got that magnet. You know when you're, you're being propelled back from a magnet? That's mm-hmm. what it feels like. And in mm-hmm. fact, the Mustang will bolt at that point. Mm-hmm. So the same thing, you've got to be able to take that energy and dissipate it in between your hand and their body in order for them to realize it's okay to experience the first touch. Mm-hmm. It's really, really neat, and I think it's um, such a big piece of all of our language, and it's the one that keeps us safe, you know? It's the one that tells us if we're okay at night, you know, where we're walking down a specific alleyway, and the same with our horses. I, I've brought up a few scenarios there for safe and well-being, but honestly, they're such loving individuals and just being in their presence can be so healing Um, Mm -hmm. you might be there just to give them a hug and you'll get a thousand fold back with that love oozing the love and ready to heal you know Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of very trusting and forgiving individuals you know I have a a baby uh, he's two and a half Um, he's a little Spanish Mustang and he is um, he's got Spanish Mustangs yeah, and he's, what's funny as I'm listening to you talk about energy is he, my two other horses, I have one that's nine and another one that's 22, so their energy is very different from his. Yeah. And you walk into, he's very friendly and he loves people, but he's a, you walk into his paddock and he just practically knocks you down like, hi, and he comes just yeah. running over you and, and practically, you know, you, you have to, it's really hard to get him off of you because he's also very <laughs> thick skinned. <laughs> So, they're, you know, you wave you know, your arms at him and he doesn't respond them. to it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so special. And um, I knew X from when he was nine months old, too. And, I mean, talk about you've invited a journey into your life because I, I found with the Spanish Mustangs, once you can pet them, once you can touch them, they come around so easily. And you, you've just said it in that sentence. He's all over you. He loves you. Um, and I found them very curious, very engaging, very sociable, and mm-hmm. so willing and eager to learn and be with you and experience new things. And that energy, right. that's exactly what you'll feel, Audrey. You know, you'll feel his exuberance, his life, you know, the fact that he, he is alive and he wants to learn, while you'll feel at peace, maybe, with that 22-year-old. Or you'll even feel when he's disgruntled with a baby. You know, you don't necessarily have to see it. You can have their back to these horses and you'll feel it. You'll mm-hmm. feel how they're feeling. You've just got to be open to it. You've got to be receptive. Right. And that's when individuals can receive that. Well, we have a few more minutes. I wanted to just touch on uh, the telepathy. That's a whole other show, I think. But um, <laughs> what um, that's something that a lot of people feel, well, I either have it or I don't. But I, I know you can learn to communicate telepathically with animals. Do you believe that? 
I teach it, Audrey. I teach it, and um, I'm thrilled to teach it because if you'd met me some 15 years ago and the career I was in to where I am now, and if you'd said to me, you'll be talking to animals like Dr. Doolittle, I would have thought you were crazy, really. You know, I was a police officer in the UK. Yes, I read that on your bio. It's a great sense of humor. It's the most sarcastic and cynical sense of humor you have. Um, so so it's, it's amazing to see how far I've come. And I always tell my students, if I can do this, you can. I, ha- I found it hard in the classes, but I never lost the will and the joy. I kept my eye on the target, and I was thrilled to even know that this could be a possibility. And what you're doing really is breaking down any barriers, breaking down any beliefs, anything that you've picked up along the journey. And so your life path is the key. If you're very much in touch with nature and you do yoga and retreats and sciencing of the mind, you'll probably find it pretty simple to connect. But if you're somebody that's left-brained and you've learned to read people all your life, which is also left-brained, or you've analyzed and researched, you might find it somewhat harder. Having said that, uh, my past has really behooved me, it's helped me as an animal communicator to actually investigate things. So anything to do with behavioral issues or even death and dying and passing over, you've got to be able to converse with the animals just like you and I are on the interview. You're talking to them in English in conversation and some people don't know how to communicate. And so many of the keys are silencing of the mind, knowing how to get in that place of peace and quiet, um, really connecting from that heart space, that heart-to-heart connection. So unconditional love is what's needed. But then also the ability to communicate. How do we open dialogue? What do we say? You know, how do you express to somebody that your person's thinking about euthanasia in two days? How do you feel about that? It might not Mm -hmm. be the opening question. So you've got to be able to strike up a conversation and get a rapport going before you actually get to that topic. So I do believe that everybody can do this. I think some people will be more challenged than others. Um, But on a weekend class, we've had huge success rates, huge. And the language doesn't stand in the way. I was teaching in, in Denmark and Sweden animal communication this year. And... And so I'm speaking in English to my clients, and it's their second language, and I'm speaking to all those animals there. So language isn't a barrier around the world. All animals can understand English. They can actually understand every language because their language is vibration. So every word goes into vibration, which is imagery. And it's the imagery, the thinking in pictures, that they do. And ultimately, human beings thinking pictures or seeing pictures too so the language is the same it's knowing how to tap into it it's Mm -hmm. finding out how to break through that barrier and to unlearn learned behavior patterns and yes we can all do that well that's a whole topic for another show and i'd love to have you back so we can expand on that because we run out of time for today but I want to thank you so much for talking to us and giving us some insight into what horses are trying to say or how we can 
find out what they're trying to say. And I want to let everybody know that if you take a look at the episode notes page on the Horsing Around website, you'll see a link to Anna's website and more information about her work. And if anyone out there has any questions or comments about Horsing Around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsing Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.